Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in the stream, you're now home with Dodgers Nation and Jim Beam. Make sure you drink responsibly. What is going on, folks? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is the man who does way too many things, and we both decided to not wear polos today. Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA, the legend of Los Angeles. How you doing, guy? What's up, my man, Clint? Hey, pretty good week. <laughs> Taking two out of three from San Diego. Winning, sweeping the Philadelphia Phillies. They really dominated yeah. really the last two NLCS opponents. So really excited about some of these developments. But, hey, we've got a lot to get into on this show. A big week ahead for your Los Angeles Dodgers. It is a jam-packed blue heaven for you uh, an hour earlier. So uh, make sure you guys put this, uh, you know, I, I think people need to... Uh, they need to watch us on break, right? Isn't that how it works? Just take your break, tell your boss. I'm going to plan it out. I'm watching Blue Heaven. Uh, and also let us know where you represent Dodgers Nation today, this afternoon, tonight, depending on where you're at. Uh, drop the area codes in the chat. We want to know what y'all, where y'all are watching the show tonight. Yes, we are talking about the Dodgers taking care of business in San Diego. We got some good, bad, and ugly from the series. Uh, series. Not too much uh, to dive into there. If you guys want some some good updates or thoughts on the, the Padre series. Uh, check out the post game show. It's it's up in all the spots. You should be watching it. So Got a little double dose Saturday yeah. and Sunday. He went he went hard in the paint, but not good enough to do Friday. Told you it's somewhere to be Friday. It's and also good. I cherry pick. You know I just do the wins, right, Clint? Yeah, yeah. That's what that's I thought. What the no, I, saying I was tell, I was told you only do losses. Yeah. yeah. So you never know what these with you, these fans you, out oh, you there. Crazy crazy yeah. guys. <laughs> Shout out Greg Bergman back in the day. Uh, quit. We got some other quick updates. We're gonna talk about every little thing going on with the Dodgers. Um, bringing back, let them play or DFA. This is the bench edition, so we're gonna cheat a little bit on that. Uh, announcing the giveaway winner for our fifty dollars gift credit to GearUp.LA and a whole lot more. Plus, we're looking ahead to this series with the Brew Crew. So let's just jump right in to the comments. Uh, Dan Ross on YouTube says this is the first time he's attended one of these live streams. So thank you for hanging out with us, Dan. Welcome, Dan. Appreciate you. Hey, notification bell. Johnny B. Good underscore official says uh, Dodgers going to win 100 to 1 tonight in Milwaukee. That'd be a record. And that'd be uh, without <laughs> having to look it up. <laughs> I'd love to win by 99 to get this against this Brewers team. And then also you you hurt the trade value of some of their players who I would like to see in Dodger Blues. So I'd be fine with that. We got Johnny Be Good. Let's go Dodgers. Michael Carrillo wants to get into the trade talk, hopefully. We'll have to tell him about what our friend Buster Olney had to say about that. You might not like what you hear. I know I didn't about the possible trade market that isn't going to be as developing as we had hoped, but hey, it's still a long season. We got Joe Mama says, what's up, fellas? What's up, Joe Mama? Deborah Young wants a win tonight. Mark Roca says, hello. We got Arlan Let's go early D-Day today. Yeah, we got an early start in Milwaukee, a 4-10 first pitch, I believe. 4-40. A 4-40, so yeah, 4 yeah. today. We got Dan Ross, the first time I've attended. Oh, so I'm still, you've already read these, okay. <laughs> Axel's listening from work. Axel Jimenez, thank you for doing it the smart way. Joe Mama is just off work to check out the live. Jim Cole says, Thompson must go. Need a lefty masher below the Mendoza line career. Well below the Mendoza line uh, in his career versus lefties. Uh, Dodgers Chloe in the stream checking in from La Palma. We got Deborah Young in Florida. I did not know Deborah was in Florida, so that's uh, good to know. Juan Ramirez, Las Vegas representing Blue Heaven at work. Appreciate you guys. 
Uh, Scott Strong, you guys collabing with the Hogwatch. What is what is Hogwatch? The Hogwatch, that's our friend Borna. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, He's going to be in town this week. He was hitting me up. He wants to come roll through. Out. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Borna, he brings he brings that energy. He, brings noise. Like his, he was he actually <laughs> he was about to say he brings that noise. <laughs> he brings the he, noise. He, 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 was, he was down yesterday, and a lot of Padres were fans were it too. So, yeah, I mean. It should be. It would be a good time to bring out. I, I look, if they had gone swept, I might not want to talk to some from the Padres universe. But, hey, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll look into that. Uh, Brian's checking in from Colorado. That is 80538. If you guys are looking for the mailing uh, zip code there, uh, that fool Neil Casamoto checking in 808 Honolulu, I Go Dodgers. Thank you for hanging out even earlier than 3 p.m. for Neil. Breaking news, guys. Just saying. Uh, we got Windy City in here. Javier Rios wants the, the Dodgers to get rid of Trash Thompson. Uh, <laughs> that actually kind of works. Trash Thompson. Trash, anyways, Oscar926. We got um, a couple of just random names. Jeff Garza805. Jack checking in from India. Terry310 in the house. Oscar as in El Paso, Texas. We got a lot of people in here. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with us. Maybe people like the earlier. I don't know. Like, I think they do. I think they like this show no matter what time of day it comes. It could be at 6 in the morning. But I do think you're at work at this point. It's like, are you really being productive? You're probably going to want to tune into the Blue Heaven podcast, right? It's after lunch. Now you guys are productive. Put this on your time card. You watched the Blue Haven show. I'm going to take a sip, and then I'm going to address that other camera. Uh, Actually, I'm not yet because... I'm honestly, I need, I need the pick me up. I'm gonna yeah. take a little napski if you don't mind. You look like you use uh, some Z's in there for sure. And if you need some Z's, go shout out our friends over at Mantis Sleep. Mantis Sleep, they make the world's <laughs> best sleep masks and sleep accessories. Everything they do is to enable better lives through better sleep. They work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep so that you can have the energy to live your best life. Check out mantisleep.com today so you can sleep better anywhere, anytime. Get your Manta mask today. Use the code DN2023. So yeah, now the show really starts for me once we get that read out. And our friends over at Mantis Sleep, I have been sleeping like a baby. I always sleep better <laughs> When you take two out of three from the Sadres, the Padres, Sad Diego, and you add the Mantis Sleep, and I'm feeling more refreshed than ever. How are you feeling under that mask, Clint? I feel good. I feel real good. I feel like I could get more sleep, more Zs, and be more productive. But guess what? I'm going to address the camera, and I'm going to tell you guys, uh, let's, let's talk about that series that went down in San Diego. The Dodgers take care of business against the Padres. They do what they're supposed to do. They did exactly just about to a T what I said. They're, the Dodgers are going to win one or, or win two. They're going to lose one. They're going to lose the Kershaw start. I assumed Kershaw would give up two home runs to Manny Machado. Instead, it was Nando, who is not a superstar, apparently, according to our friend uh, Eduardo Perez. But um, they did. They, they, they tuned out the noise. Um there was a lot of added BS by the Padres, so kudos to them. It was an, it was an enjoyable series. I I had fun watching it. The Sunday game was um, heart attack central at different points. It was a frustrating game, and that that kind of made us want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from this series. And you know, people already know a lot of your thoughts. Having done two post game shows, so make sure you guys check that out. YouTube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. But um, but um. I think one of the things we could we can happily establish with the Sunday game is don't quit on this team because this team isn't going to quit on you. I mean, it was a bad game up and down for the most part of four innings, and then the Dodgers started kind of figuring it out. Actually, 
catching some baseballs in the glove, actually hitting the baseball with the bat. They, they put up a, a run point, and then they decide to go ahead and, and keep the game at 2-1 for most of the game. Shout out to Julio. Shout out to Victor Gonzalez. Uh, Caleb Ferguson was, was nasty in the ninth. And, and, you know, getting ahead of ourselves in the 10th inning, Evan Phillips, filthy Phil, doing his job. Um, I forget who else pitched in the game. Oh, oh, also Yancey. Yancey did some damn good work in that game as well, looking like uh, he's, he's got it figured out. But the fact that they were able to keep it there after that, that hideous first inning where, you know, yeah, not only do you have, uh, you know, one boot that, and whatever, the, the, the Mookie Betts one is the one that really, it's like, Mookie, really? You're going to just straight up clank a ball? Um, that, it, was, it was an impressive comeback all around. And, and again, it shows good. Don't quit on the offense. Don't yeah. quit on the team. Yeah, no, I think that uh, absolutely sums it up perfectly, is that they took two out of three from a team that had all this hype surrounding them with you got this top one through four of this lineup with Fernando Tatis Jr. back, and since he had been back, they've been averaging over five runs per game. The Dodgers, they home to five runs in game one, two runs in game two, and two games in game three, and their offense, for the most part, they didn't show up. For this series, they hit 137. They were three for 24 with runners in scoring position. They struggled the entire series, and that's coming off that Philly series where they were 19 for 41 with runners in scoring position. So what it told me is that this team can find a way to win and they can win in a multitude of different ways. When the bats show up and they go crazy like they did against the Phillies, you can do that. When they show up against the Padres, you can do that as well. But mm -hmm. to me, the most impressive development this weekend is the rise of this bullpen. You mentioned yeah. Evan Phillips. He is really settling into this closers role. He made light work at the top of that Padres lineup. Yancy Almonte, he put together his two really, really nice yeah. appearances. The way he's using that sweeper coming off that sinker, you're tight talking about sweeper right tight now. sweeper, 14 miles per hour of differential right there. And also think Victor Gonzalez continues to produce. This bullpen as a whole, they're looking so much better, and they kept him in that game. Anytime you're scoring runs late in games, you always have to credit that bullpen because you keep him into that game you allow Mookie Betts when this team is down to their last out going up against Josh Hader gets his hands yeah. in there ties the game and then the youth <laughs> movement takes over Michael yeah. Bush in the top of the 10th he gets the game tying single then James Alvin he goes deep he hits a bomb so yeah I love to see the team just fight back and just not accepting losing in any way and I think it was a major statement because it wasn't just the Phillies and the Padres it was the two teams that when the Dodgers were at home sitting on the couch they watched those two, those two teams face off in the NLCS, and I think they want to make a statement, and I think they did just that. The other factor of it, and let's bring the comments in on this one. Uh, we'll call it the bad. I don't want to get too much into this, but all of the BS around the, um, the crying Kershaw meme, which, honestly, thank you, Padres, for putting that up because it gave us something to talk about all throughout the weekend on the website. But... Um, that happening, the Mookie sign, eating corn the long way. How do you eat your corn, by the way? Uh, just kind of like the cash register kind, you know. I go pretty hard. A lot of butter, a lot of salt. I'm a big yeah. corn the cob I, guy. I was, I was very confused by the sound effects at first. Yeah. I don't know about you, but the yeah, I guess that's how. I love corn the cob. Hey, now we've all learned together how Doug eats his corn. That was terrible, I mean. I'm going to actually, this is pretty early on the show, but I'm going to call this the Hornito shot take. Oh, comment. we got a shot oh, take. Oh, wow. Let's go. Coming out of the gate strong. Uh, you guys were just talking about uh, Josh Hader, and then uh, I, don't, I don't love the name, but uh, Terry Hesticles. 
Terry Hesticles <laughs> said, uh, more like Josh Failure. Oh, oh I get it. Because that works. It's like a sort of play on words. They were calling him something different on the postgame show, and I won't say it. Maybe I'll tell you after the show. But they were going in on <laughs> Josh, Josh Failure. Hater, all the hater aids out there. But yeah, I Ornito mean. Ornito Shot Taker of the Night. Thank you, Terry. Mr. Hesticles or Ms. Hesticles, if you will. Appreciate you. Guys, make sure you drink responsibly. But you responsibly. Yeah, I think that absolutely lit a fire under this team after what they saw, that despicable display, that classness, that classless yeah. move by this Padres That's organization. Really and I just want to point out, two Get games em. after the first game, they're 0-2. They're 0-2 since the, since the case of the Kershaw. It's the Clayton Kershaw to this Padres organization. <laughs> and I think it just shows where the Padres are at right now as an organization. They're so desperate to try to be relevant, and the Dodgers really make them relevant. They have for the past decade or so and if you're Clayton Kershaw I just love the way he handled it I love when he said hey you got to pitch better something like that but I think in his heart of hearts he realized that was Bush League if you look at Clayton Kershaw he's won 11 division titles the Padres as an entire franchise have five he has three pennants they have two he has a World Series so the Padres got to see what it was like to have a World Series champion on their jumbotron and really kind of show them what a World Series winner is like and look what I always say about the San Diego Padres too is they care more about the Dodgers losing than they do about them winning if they could trade off the Dodgers losing this year for like 20 San Diego Padres World Series, I think they would consider just the World Series loss for the Dodgers. I mean, when have you ever heard a Let's Go Padres chant? Has never. Anyone, never. It's only never. one chant. They could be playing the Phillies or the Astros or the Giants, and they chant, beat L.A., beat L.A. So they pretty much exemplified the concept of rent-free. It was great to see the Dodgers take two of three from the Sadres. Hey, you know what? The Padres have, uh, they, they had a, a future Hall of Famer on their scoreboard there. And also, two, I've got a note, two of the Padres' retired jersey numbers are Dodgers with number six like and number that. 42. So that's all I'm going to say on the Padre thing. You know, eat your corn however you want, kids. You do you, boo. The, pod but the Padres are Dylan Brooks and the Dodgers are LeBron James. Okay. So you, you, you find some comments in there. And, and Cody, I'm going to ask you, do you think, uh, you think the Dodgers. Uh, retaliate in any way do you think anything happens at dodger stadium this weekend no you just said it doug just said it was a classless act by the padres the dodgers are a class organization they're not going to stoop to that level of lowness that the yeah and plus there's the dodgers they're smart right they're all tactical they're never gonna like even the padres even the player if i'm the padres i'm the players and i'm like the organization I'm looking at that video board going, like, who the hell designed that? Like, that is yeah. – because you hear you – Well, there was a fan. It, it was yeah. something they took from Twitter. So, oh, okay. So the one fan, I forgot the, the – I think it was a girl's name. Uh, you know, she said or they said yeah. it was, like, their most uh, proud moment in, in their life was getting that up there. But also, like, whoever made the decision to post that, it's, it's just, not a, it's just it's like, not a good look. It's just like you listen to the players – even the players, they're like, yo, the Dodgers are a class organization. Clayton Carshaw, he's a legend. Like, why would you – what, what's the point of stooping to that point where you're going to wake yeah. up the dragon? It doesn't make any sense. Like, and the, the <laughs> you Dodgers, tried to slay the dragon. Dragon's back. Yeah, like, the, 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 it doesn't Poking make the – the Dodgers again. would never do that at all. Like, it's uh, – that's, that's one of the things way beyond Doc them. said, too. It's like, imagine the Dodgers do, putting something up about Tony Gwynn or whatever, putting something on yeah. the old Diamond Vision about Tony Gwynn. It's yeah, just, that, that's, that's what I said look. after the postgame show. I said, I said well, imagine if the Dodgers did it to Tony Gwynn or Trevor Hoffman. They would not do that. <laughs> that's it. And you look <laughs> – yeah, I mean, you can, you can dive in. Greg Vaughn, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> Kevin Brown, Jake Peavy, but look, a 197 ERA 
in 329 innings against the Padres. Clayton Kershaw has owned San Diego. So you can see why they're upset and they thought they were trying to be funny. And I think the baseball world's kind of reacted like, hey, you don't disrespect legends like that. I've had so many Padres fans over the weekend. You have no idea. Slipping into the DMs, commenting on my posts. One guy told you said, hey, Doug, I, get you, I have to give you a lot of credit. Not a lot of guys would post a video of themselves crying yeah. on the internet because they were saying I was crying and I was triggered. You're damn right I was triggered, okay? You know I'm a devout Christian, believe in the church of know, Christianity. Let Yeah, I was just, I thought it was absolutely bush league. I think that this Padres team, this is going to be one thing we're going to talk about when the Dodgers do win this division. Because, look, everyone said it was crazy. D-Mac, why are you saying 97 wins for the Dodgers? If you look where they're at right now, they're right on pace with 96 or 97 games. Starting to feel a little better about that prediction. So, yeah, I think I am a little overprotective when it comes to Clayton Kershaw. But I think in this case, you just don't mess with Kersh, Clint. And we know and it just wasn't even that creative or that funny. I mean, it wasn't like it was like awesome the, or anything like that. The corn thing was funny. Yeah. But that wasn't even the organization. That was, that was somebody like, I, I love the idea. And this is going on longer than I wanted, but... I love the idea of somebody like staying up till you know one in the morning. Yeah, with all their their markers, glass of wine, bottle of wine, taking the time <laughs> to make that sign, folding it up real nice and neat, and stuffing it somewhere in their bag so it wouldn't get noticed. I mean, they probably let anything in down there at Petco Park. I'm just just saying, but uh, it's a nice park. We'd love to park. go one day, but yeah. still, we'd love to see more of their own homegrown players uh, have retired numbers there. But you know, that's just me. It's clean Kershaw, like how? Yeah, like, no, the Kershaw on, thing man. is dumb. Like, come but on, bro. Yeah, what they should do the Dodgers, they should do do something to honor Tony Gwynn and some of the Padres greats. That's what they should do in the first game back yeah. to try to show them how class them. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. That's actually gets down. Be like a Tony Gwynn bobblehead night. That's so cool. That would be that would be like the ultimate. Yeah, that's that's like the ultimate. Dodgers, if you guys are listening. Remember. But fans, you're totally free to throw syringe, blowing up syringes on the field towards Fernando Tatis Jr. No, I'm just playing. Don't do that. Don't stoop to their level. It's but gonna be yeah, bad. it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty bad right here. There's not much. I, I thought there would be more uh, more folks in here. Mark says the baseball gods willed last night win after the Padres bashing of Kershaw. Uh, the other fishing channel. There we go. Thanks for hanging out with us. Says don't poke the bear, just like you said. And um, Raymond Rosas says, let's face it, the Padres are just MLB's version of the Clippers. I mean, from the same city. Get wrecked. Just saying. All right. Shout uh, out the Chargers. One last thing. So we got good, we got bad, now we got ugly. Defense wasn't that great. Dodgers defense was not that great this weekend, especially on Sunday. You hate to see that in a national game, an ESPN game. Um any anything concerning for you with that or is it just one of those it is what it is nothing too concerning because the guys that did not make those plays like Mookie Betts and James Altman we know they're capable yeah. defenders when Mookie jumped up for that I was having flashbacks of the 2020 NLCS against the Braves because we saw him make those jump catches he won't admit to it but we know the shadows they can affect defenders in that situation but it was in his glove and it popped out you saw he was judging the wall had his hand right there when he was on the warning track and James Outman that to me is just a rookie mistake in every sense of the word and he'll learn from that I mean he takes a few steps back when he should have been charging it but the reality is all those balls hit Dodgers defenders gloves and and Julio Urias was still able to minimize the damage and he threw extra pitches because of it Julio he does have this knack for showing his frustration out there on the mound I definitely want to see a little less from that and then also I mean if you saw the play later in the game with Julio Arias if you want to talk about defense 
on the Hassan Kim little comebacker there where he feels it and he just kind of flings it casually yeah. to first. And thank God Freddie Freeman's like six foot 50, right? Same thing, thankfully, he's tall enough to catch that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, he could have made a better play. And also the hot shot to Miguel Vargas. That was pretty hot off the bat, but just in general, not a lot of great defense. I will say David Peralta, we're going to talk about his offense, did make a nice play covering a lot yeah. of ground in left field to get to a ball. But yeah, I mean, James Alman told us on the show that one of the big adjustments is you can play defense at an elite level in the minor league level, <clears throat> but when you get to the show, you have to adjust to the stadiums. We know it's a very it's cavernous, it's an extra level. It's different playing out in Petco Park, so he's going to be fine. But yeah, the defense, they were less than stellar. That's not something that was good. Different start times, too, a four, uh, what? five o'clock start on oh, four o'clock 408 start on uh, on sunday that definitely contributed contributed something even though mookie didn't say it was anything about not seeing the ball or whatever uh it definitely played a factor they clanked it but yeah I, I agree nothing nothing too crazy to worry about so let's move on we got more padres to talk about well on friday so we'll we'll do we'll do a friday show let's get into that's some quick in. huh? that's what's in thank you Quick updates. This is going to be presented by GearUp.LA. Check out the Above Los Angeles collaboration with Josh Furman for some incredible artwork for your home or office just in time for Mother's Day. Maybe not in time for Mother's Day anymore, but it will be in time for Father's Day because uh, that's just around the corner. And if you are a local artist um, or no one that might want to work with us, have them reach out to Dodgers Nation. But uh, speaking of GearUp.LA, we got to announce the winner. We have the winner of the $50 gift credit. <laughs> To gearup.la, which is a website. I know .la seems weird. Let's just imagine it's like .com. So .la, gearup.la. And you guys can go check out stuff there. But the winner of the sweet $50 gift credit is Jonathan Brault from Hawaii wins that big time money. I think it's a, it might be upwards of three shirts if you play your cards right. So, Jonathan, we will be reaching out to you. And uh, you better email us when we email you, or else. Dot L.A. Dog will, do, dog, Doug will cry. Dot L.A. All right, let's uh, get into some quick updates. I, had, I saw a comment earlier in the stream talking about uh, J.D. Martinez. It's an interesting case because they keep pushing him back. Initially, he was going to be uh, activated probably for the San Diego series on Mon on Friday. Didn't happen. They said maybe uh, in Milwaukee on Monday or Tuesday. Instead, he is now going on a minor league, uh, not minor league rehab assignment. He's going to Arizona to hit off pitchers at Camelback Ranch. And if all goes according to plan, he will be rejoining the team in LA at Dodger Stadium for the Friday, the start of that Friday series. So with that, you know, we'll, we'll get into some roster, uh, how that affects the roster in a second. Uh, another one, uh, Jimmy Nelson, who I'm sure folks saw a couple weeks ago, started a minor league rehab assignment. He actually went down to AAA the same day Bobby Miller made his uh, season debut after the slow play on the shoulder. Uh, Jimmy Nelson had one uh, appearance tossed a scoreless inning, and I reached out to the AAA PR guy, Alex Friedman. Alex told me that he has no idea what happened, but he went back to Arizona. Does not sound good for Jimmy Nelson, old Stimmy Nelson. I don't know if we see anything out of that guy uh, this year, so I'm wondering if we do get a more substantial update from Dave Roberts at some point because we haven't had a bulk injury update from Dave for a while. So that's something to kind of have in the back of your mind, but don't expect much out of Jimmy Nelson this year and, and a shout because we uh, finally we did not even say we trashed him, but we talked about Alex Vesia on Friday, 
Nice rebound what, yesterday. Tossed a scoreless inning. He was uh, touching 94 to 96 with the fastball. Looked like he had a lot more conviction, according to reports. So maybe, maybe the uh, the rumors of the demise of Alex Vesia are untrue. Yeah, everyone thought he was cooked. Everyone thought he was done. But you already saw an uptick in his velocity. Average almost 95 miles per hour. Like you said, he was touching 96. And also, too, I think just can take a deep breath. He can go out there and work and focus on those mechanics. And I think we're going to see a repeat of what we saw last season, where he struggled early on, and then he came back, refined those mechanics, and was a weapon down the stretch. Now, the good thing is there is some competition now because Victor Gonzalez, he's looked phenomenal. Caleb Ferguson, he's looked really good, too. So Alex Vesey is going to have to earn his spot back in this Dodgers bullpen. I think that's only going to help him. But, hey, his stuff, you want to get the late life back. And, yeah, it was definitely very encouraging to see the appearance that he had, a scoreless inning down there in OKC. So I'm feeling good about that. And don't sleep on uh, Justin Brule, who's looked real good this Brule's year. Brule's been really good, too. Real You're good right. this year. Hey, guys, it's another read. So I'm going to do that real quick for you. Because uh, MLB back is back. We're in full swing now with your Major League Baseball season. And our friends at my bookie. Uh, your one-stop shop for all your betting needs, as you can hear from this paper. With a wide range of betting options, including money lines, run lines, totals, and futures, my bookie gives you plenty of ways to bet on your favorite teams and players. If we could, we would find a way to have you bet on Doug, but we can't. But, but we will internally send us your bets. Uh, you can also take advantage of the brand new my bookie money bag, which gives you the chance to secure a bet on your favorite team or player at insanely boosted odds. So sign up today at MyBookie and use promo code DodgersNation to secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. It's simple. Deposit $200. You're going to play with $300 instantly. Again, use that promo code DodgersNation. That's how they know you sent, uh, we sent you, and then we can keep getting money from them to talk about it. So if you're a baseball fan looking to add even more excitement to the new season, look no further than MyBookie. Sign up now and get ready to experience the thrill of baseball betting like never before. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And this read is hurting. Got to print a new one because it's just, it's so hot. The hot gonna, read. The hot read. <laughs> we need to print a new paper. I probably need to print a new one. I mean, Poor paper. That, that's, that's paper that comes out of my salary and, uh. my, and my laser printer. And you know how printers are? It's like, you haven't used me in two weeks. I'm all out of science uh. and magenta. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm a printer. You have no idea how much cyan and magenta I use when I'm not in use. That's some good stuff. Uh, Ink cartridges. That's a whole bit there. Don't even get me started. Welcome don't to printernation.com. Don't even get me started. <laughs> printernation.com. Here, you see the latest. Uh, you see the latest HP power uh, power jet. Well, you got something for me? Something I big? got a super chat. So we have Michael Creo with you, $5. Michael. Thanks, Michael. Uh, can we trade for the Reds' Nick Senzel or TJ Friedel? Freed? Freed? Friedel. Friedel? Is that easy? That's Friedel, right? Yeah. They hit lefties really well and are cheap and shouldn't cost too much to trade for. Well, the Reds are perpetually bad. TJ Friedel would be a fun story. Mookie yeah. got his first career home run back from uh, a fan at Great American Ballpark. Yeah, no, both those guys definitely could help this team. Senzel's another guy, has some pop, plays the outfield, plays some infield as well, plays some second base, plays some, I think he plays first base, so that's not going to happen. But, yeah, he does have some <laughs> positional versatility. He does rake against lefties, and they're going to need that. I think you'll see them 
kind of allow the market to emerge a little more and try to get a guy that doesn't have a lot of arbitration years left, a guy that does really have one more year on his contract. We'll see who those guys are. But yeah, we've kind of thought about kind of poaching the Reds for years now. I mean, I mean last they year have a couple of times. Over the yeah, last they few, absolutely have for a couple of times. Last, last year, they were there were thoughts that maybe they go after Brandon Drury, like he was gonna be something that they could have gone after. But yeah, Nick Senzel is definitely a guy that can help them out. And the Reds, they're pretty much perpetually shopping their players and for the right price they can be had and yeah he's been abs an absolute monster against lefties this season the 1331 ops and 23 plate wow. appearances a really small sample size but he's a guy better than trace thompson that i think clint you respectfully might be better against lefties against trace he has a 69 giggity batting average against sound pause <laughs> so far this season but yeah that is going to be an area where they're going to have to address i mean if you're going to add a bat it's going to be someone that you can trust against lefties i know if you want to go crazy big i mean the orioles they were interested in listening to offers for cedric mullins but only problem is he has three arbitration years left i think he has like a close to a thousand ops against lefties he can hit lefties great on defense but i think after talking to buster only what really stood out to me is Buster talked about how, look, they want to maintain that flex, that payroll flex. Fle Sir? Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my, my mic went out. They want to maintain that, that payroll flexibility the best way they can. That's why you signed J.D. Martinez. That's why you signed David Peralta, because you don't want to do anything that might compromise your flexibility to go after yeah. an Otani in the offseason. So if they truly believe in this team and it really presents itself as an area of weakness, maybe they do go to the trade market and Senzel is a name that, yeah, he's pretty interesting. But I want to see a larger sample size before I part ways with some prospects for him. And I wanted to quickly touch on uh, the idea of Mullins or any sort of, of of trade with Baltimore because I have seen that thrown around. You'll see that just about every other you know column from people at Bleacher Report, like oh, this uh, Jorge Mateo available. Look, the 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 Baltimore Orioles are going to have a hard time selling a trade uh, when they're like in the hunt for something. They had a decent year last year they're in second place in the al east right now they can't trade away from a good quote question mark a good team so that's just that's another one of the issues with um the expanded uh, uh postseason is there are going to be far fewer uh trade partners out there but we'll get more into that in a second and that i know it's crazy cody's got more we got another Let's super go! chat <laughs> Uh, we have Lori O with 1999. She awesome. says, Trace Woof. Why haven't they played Bush regularly? Why do you guys think he wasn't DHing with JD out? Love you guys. Ooh. You want that Love one? you too, Lori. Yeah, thank I you, mean, Lori. thank you, Michael, as well. I mean, my whole theory is well, one, you want to respect kind of the pecking order, and they want to basically see the entire Trace Thompson experience until they basically exhausted every opportunity. And then they can go to Trace and say, look, we gave you every opportunity to succeed. He realized that if he doesn't produce, they are going to show him the door. And we, there's we, really... I think we passed that. <laughs> We've shown you, given you every opportunity point. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. He's definitely there. He's on borrowed time at this point, if we're yeah. just being completely honest. And when it comes to Michael Bush, you saw he can give you a competitive big league at bat. And even the bat where he struck 
struck out yesterday in the eighth inning. He was seeing a lot of pitches, and that's what he does. And I think that this team is going to value hitters like Michael Bush. They can get their bat on the ball. With Trace Thompson, he just does not look like a big league hitter at this stage of his career. And yes, he's hitting 69 against lefties this season. And since April 1st, since April 1st, since that three home run game, he has an 87 batting average, a 374 OPS, a 16 WRC plus, and he's striking out 48.1% of the time. Hasn't had a hit since April 17th. So, yeah, I mean, that is someone that does not look like a big league hitter. So to answer your question, I think this organization trusts Trace. They're hoping that he can get out of this season-long funk that he's in. But Michael Bush, I think, especially when you consider the reverse splits of Trace Thompson does make a lot of sense. But I think the issue with Michael Bush, though, is they just haven't developed him in the outfield. I mean, period, point blank. Yeah. And in the infield, we know they're going Miguel Vargas. And at third base, you're going with Max Muncy. But with that DH spot out, I mean, I think you lose some of that flexibility when J.D. returns. But, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough sledding for Trace. Yeah, uh, the, the Trace, everybody knows where I stand. We're going to get on that in a second um, with the upcoming segment. But with Michael Bush, it's it, the, his biggest issue is that he's a left-handed batter. He just does not fit in what this lineup means. I mean, he went almost a week without an at-bat. It's now been a week between starts where he is starting today at third base in Milwaukee. But um, he doesn't fit in their plans, and they've made that painfully aware, even if they're telling him otherwise. You know, Dave has told him, like, you've earned this. You deserve better in so many words, and I hope he is one of the guys who gets traded because he doesn't deserve to be sitting on the big league bench. Yeah, I'm just kind of sick and tired of them benching him against righties, though. I mean, of course, we know. Again, he just doesn't fit, and you also said it, too. It's part of the pecking order. You know, he, who who are you going to, to sit? And you also have invested money and time into somebody like Miggy Rowe. Um, JD's going to be back this weekend, they say. Um you know, you, you already mentioned the, the Trace Thompson thing, trying to get the most out of him or give him the most opportunity to figure it out. And those, well, the, Trace can hit against right-handed pitching, but that's not his role. That's not his job here. Yeah, and also, too, if you allow him to continue that, maybe you say, oh, he's having success like he did last year. That's just kind of going to prolong the problem and delay the inevitable. But yeah. also, how about this theory? Maybe you don't want to have Michael Bush continue to have big league at bats to maybe hurt his trade value. You've already seen what he can do. You've seen him get a couple of base hits. You can sell him on that because we know when it comes to big league hitters, especially rookies, a slump is inevitable. Just ask Miguel Vargas at the beginning of the year, just ask James Altman over the past two weeks yeah. before he was able to get it going. So I definitely think there is some of that, but yeah, I think the big issue just doesn't have the positional versatility, like you said, and he's a left-handed hitter. Yep. So, well, I guess we kind of already cheated a little bit, and we're going to cheat some more here. Guys, it's time for Let Him Play or DFA. It's been a while. It's been a while. Let Him Play. This is real happy music for kind of a dickish segment. But Let, let him, play him Play or DFA. It's very simple progress or, or idea concept for a segment here. Uh, usually we take one dude and we kind of figure out it's it's guy who's probably at the bottom of the roster and somebody that's not performing very well. And we decide whether or not we're going to let him work through it or get rid of his ass. In this case, again, we're cheating a bit. We're going with the entire bench. We're going to break it down a little bit first, and then we'll just talk around this together as a family. Austin Barnes is not that great at the plate, but he's Austin Barnes. He's not going anywhere. Sorry, hunter fiducia truthers <laughs> it's just not gonna happen unless he gets hurt michael bush already talked about him as the hero on sunday but hadn't gotten in at bat in a week and is gonna be the guy who gets optioned 
uh, when JD is back. So he's one of the, I'd say, he has one of the uh, one of the guys with the better potential off the bench, but they don't look at him as really an option. So uh, that one's sort of in flux. He's not going to be there. Hayward, Hayward's been good, but he's kind of more of a, a starter now against right-handed pitching, and so you're going to see most of the time. Uh, but we got to talk about the three, really, there's three guys. It's Miguel Rojas, who's been – well, I wrote it initially when I, him and I were talking about what we're talking about today. I said, Miggy Rose, dookie. Uh, he's also battled through some problems, but he's not good right now. Trace, again, we, well, we all know. And uh, uh, David Peralta's been more missed than hit. How much longer – in your opinion, sir, does this unit have? I think they're going to give guys like Miguel Rojas, who's dealt with injuries early on, they're going to give him more time to try to figure things out. And they know they're not delusional when it comes to what he can do at the plate. They're not expecting. That was the fan base that yeah. expected. Maybe he can hit 265 like he did in 2021. Maybe he can get off to that start that he had in 2020. You know, I really want you to clown on uh, Noah when he gets back from his vacation. I didn't, I, for some reason, that one slipped my mind. I didn't realize that he was that high. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was like, he's going to hit better than 100 uh, WRC+. Plus, which that would have been a Hall of Fame year for Miggy Rowe in a way. Yeah, so and he's shout out Noah Cameras. Follow him at and him. his his back baseball acumen will never be questioned from this man. But I think Willick. I mean, sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong, and it's always great to be optimistic. But yeah, always if you look right. at Miguel Rojas. <laughs> His expected batting average sits at 197. That's not going to get it done. But the issue isn't what he's not doing at the plate. The issue is he's playing a role that he wasn't expected to play. If he's putting up some numbers that were similar to Hanser Alberto's with better defense and positional versatility, you can feel okay about that. And also, too, you gave him that extension, okay? He's going to yeah. be on this team. You traded Jacob Amaya for Miggy Rowe. He's also popular in the clubhouse. He also got pretty big base hit in the Phillies series, too. So yeah. it's not like he's incapable of going out there and putting his bat on the ball and making good things happen. Also, too, you have to talk about defense. And I know some people don't love defensive metrics, and they're not easy to point to when it comes to batting average and offensive productivity. But still, he is above average with the glove in the 71st percentile and outs above average. He isn't as good yeah. as he's been in years past. But with guys getting injured, with guys potentially going down, he still provides value as one of the rare guys. I mean, talking about almost 800 players in this league, not a lot of them can play shortstop at an above average level. And so when you have that yeah. in your in your bag, you can absolutely provide value. So I think they're still going to give him time. I think Trace Thompson is the one that I'm looking at that's going to be the first to walk the plank, though. Uh, quickly on, on Miggy Rowe, he's also in like some sort of weird... Um, he's in a weird space because he was a starting shortstop. He went down with an injury. He came back. He's kind of not the starting shortstop, but he's also not the the top uh, utility guy. He's he's just sort of floating right now. And I think uh, the inconsistent playing time and the lack of a true role is not hell. It's not conducive to him producing at the moment. He will figure out something. He's not going to be a great hitter, uh, but as, yeah, if he can be productive in some way, I would like to see him shorten up the swing. I don't need you to hit 220 with you know, a whopping six homers. I'd rather you hit 270 with two homers and everybody's happier. Get on base, do something useful. Uh, yeah, Trace, I, I, borrowed time and a half. This guy, great story. Uh, thanks for all the help. You don't fit the team. You're not doing what it needs. And this is a team that uh, he, he is paid. He is on the roster to hit left-handed pitching the Dodgers are the worst team in baseball I think still against 
left-handed pitching. It's not working. You got. I mean, you, you, they don't have a natural uh, fix or solution elsewhere because even if you do DFA uh, Trace, then it's Bush, and Bush is, again, like we were talking about earlier, is a left-handed batter, so that doesn't quite help the situation. Even if he was probably a more you know, competent at bat against lefties than, than Trace Thompson is at the moment. But if you don't have a natural solution, you're kind of stuck with him. He is still productive enough against right-handed pitching, but he's not getting those opportunities. Um, but if you're looking to make an immediate change uh, to hopefully boost this roster and boost the bench, which has been atrocious so far this season uh, offensively, Trace is the first guy you, you got to try on. Yeah, he's definitely the guy that you look at and you say, hey, you were supposed to be a specialist and you just can't do what we were hoping you could do. And that's what surprises me so much is because every single metric, whether it be basic ones or advanced ones, pointed to some serious regression to the mean. Everyone mm -hmm. in the baseball world really knew that he was going to fall off. His Babbitt was the highest in the league. He was yeah. punishing <laughs> mistakes. But the issue I have is he just can't catch up to big league pitching. I mean, his swing is not conducive to success at this level. And it's not it's not a nice thing to see because you're starting to see frustration set in. Defensively, he's not terrible. He's had some plays that I think kind of look glaring, but still overall he's been solid defensively. But yeah, Dodgers dead last in all of Major League Baseball against Southpaws hitting 191. If you can't get it done, they have to find some other options. And I think Trey Thompson's going to be that guy that's going to definitely get DFA'd at some point. Unless he turns it around, but there's nothing that I've seen so far this season that leads me to believe that that's going to happen or that he's going to hit with any consistency. Sometimes you have to make difficult decisions and unfortunately Trey Thompson getting the heave-ho is probably going to be one of the first ones this year. Uh, within a week? What do you think? I mean, one thing, just kind of being that Dodgers clubhouse, there's just so much camaraderie. It's such a veteran-laden yeah, group that fair. it's going to be a blow to this clubhouse whenever that decision is made. And I think, too, Clint, I mean, there's not really any obvious options. I mean, Johnny DeLuca, double-A. Andy Pajes, double-A. They're on the 40-man roster, but, yeah, maybe they get called up to triple-A and they can show some progress, but right now there's really no one you can turn to, and that's why I said, what did I say before the season started? I said, trade Trace Thompson while his value is what it is. Yeah. I'm not trying to take a victory lap on that, but, hey, I identified, and also, too, I just think they needed some more infield optionality, some versatility. Yeah. So, yeah, you I can mean, kind of replace him with, with uh, Chris Taylor on the roster, in a way. Move him... Uh, back into the outfield which was the initial plan anyways and then Mookie is sort of the backup shortstop if you want to go that route I think that's a great point because Chris Taylor has turned things around slowly but surely you're seeing hard contact you're seeing his swing really starting to sink up and he's has such a better rhythm at the plate he's cutting down on the strikeouts <laughs> but also too I think the domino effect of that the ripple of effect of that is I think if you gave Miguel Rojas that role where you're saying you are going to go back to getting 80% of the reps at shortstop. I think that helps his confidence. I think that gives him a position and a defined role on this team. And like you said, I mean, I don't know why Rojas swings such a heavy back and the bat and has such a big swing when he doesn't need to, but let's not forget, we're just a few years removed from having the pitcher bat, okay? Yeah. You don't need your shortstop to hit 300 and be an offensive weapon. I mean, yeah, you he can't would, get by. He would not be as big of a glaring issue if everybody else on the bench was not doing uh, or wasn't struggling the way they are or so much more of the bench struggling the way they are. But you can't have those two dudes. Plus, uh, you know, I mean, David Peralta is essentially a starter, but he's 
I don't know if it's a bad luck thing for him. I don't. I know you. You have you. You're the guy who brings your facts to the fight. So I don't know what <laughs> what the expected numbers are and all the BS analytics that Blake Snell doesn't understand. I don't know what the expectation is based on his batted ball profile. But what I'm seeing is a dude with a very long swing that can't get around on a fastball right now. And that's exactly what it is. And all of his expected numbers, they don't point to anything that says, hey, things are going to turn around. And I know within the organization, they do consider those factors. And he just looks overmatched on so many at-bats. And when he's not swinging at missing at fastballs down the middle, fastballs up in the zone, they're really trying to crowd him and go in on the hands against him. And he's just out in front of breaking balls. So I think there's a mental component in play. I think just in general, just that swing, it does not play up. And I think last year, he just snuck up on a lot of pitchers where now there is an attack plan against Trace Thompson. We've seen it again and again and again in this league. When hitters come up out of nowhere and have success, it usually takes the next year when pitchers and scouts really start to game plan for you. It's almost like when a one-hit wonder has a big hit and they're chasing that next big single, but they can't get it. And Trace can't get a single right now. Yeah. Um, Ron Jurika, as we bring the comments back in here, guys, says Trace hasn't done nothing. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Great way of saying it. Uh, since his three homer game, but struck out every time. He, he, I don't know about every time, but he's not putting almost fifty percent of the time. Yeah, he's not. He's not putting together quality at bats. And and you know, Dave Roberts uh, during the last homestand, when you asked Dave about him, about Trace Thompson, and then media stole your angle, and I'm not gonna say stole. They expanded. They helped expand on the the Trace Thompson angle. And um, you know, Dave was saying like, yeah, I, I think there is. It, this is absolutely mentally weighing on him, and you're not seeing. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, Trace Thompson knows I am supposed to be good against left-handed pitching. I mean, you you talk to him during spring training, you got that vibe from from him. It's like, like man, I can left-handed pitch. You don't want me, man. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> he's not. It, no, it, I know. He's he, is, is very much no. trying. It's not for a lack of effort. It's but at some point you get so much in your own head. Yeah. It's like at some point you just want somebody to say good job or. No, that, sort that, of that definitely struck me during that interview when I asked him about it. Appreciate you for trying. And he was kind of tuning me out, giving your kind of you know cliche answers, and I appreciate that. All that sounds great, but when I brought up left-handed pitching, he just looked at me like, "I can hit lefties. I know I can hit lefties." And you could just see something turn on and a little self-doubt creeped in. So hey, hopefully this isn't it for Trace Thompson. Hopefully uh, more of a change of scenery, a different role. But hey, it's not over yet. I, I would be, I would be ecstatic to see him go on a run. But like I said, I kind of trust my eyes on what I've seen so far, and also too. I got to give you some credit because you were trying to take some heat after that three home run game. And what'd you say? You said, hold on, wait a second, be patient. He's not the second coming of Mark McGuire <laughs> at this point. Okay. So yeah. And look, no one wants to see these players fail. No, no one does. Absolutely no one not. Does. Great. That, that's hundred percent agree with you. As Doug McCain would say, everything you're saying there, BC says last versus lefties out of 30 teams. Embarrassing. And this, I mean, it's been a, long-running problem for this this organization they struggle against left-handed pitching they can't quite put the pieces together to hit well against them but they i mean they try they've they've definitely tried when you get mookie 
struggling versus lefties too. You don't expect that. Uh, one of the better hitting uh, players versus lefties on the team is Freddie Freeman, left-handed batter. But uh, other than that, you know, CT hasn't really done it. And, and I think left-handed pitching has has um, attacked the Dodgers in a way where everything is, you know, it's coming from the left side and it's pounding in on right-handed hitters. And the swings are so long, especially in the the launch angle era. If we're gonna still call it that, which I don't think people call it that anymore, but uh, the swings are so long, you're swinging over it, or you're tapping out, or you're you're popping up because you're you know getting jam shots in there. But uh, anyways, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> Robert Wilson says, "Blame Roberts for being in first place." I know we we complain a lot for a team in uh, first place and and um, what third best record I think in the National League at the moment. Three games behind the Atlanta Bravos. You should have seen after the postgame show Saturday, everyone wanted Danny Lehman to be the new head coach. They wanted to announce <laughs> it right then and there. The Lehman era yeah, had started. That, that sounds about right. Michael McCafferty says, uh, great name. By the, that's, a, that's a firm name. Michael McCafferty says, Freddie needs to run a hitting clinic. Hey, let me tell you, white folks love it. <laughs> uh, Ron says Roja, Ron is going in on Rojas for sure. Not even at the Mendoza line. A few Mendoza line drops in here. Uh, all right, well let let let's get into the fun stuff. This is I, I set it up for you because this is the man. This is the legend of of Dodger baseball. This is the guy who loves talking about the, the rumor meters, the sniffing uh, Dodger dogs or whatever it is, eating corn the long way or Dodger dogs the long way, whatever it may be. But we got to talk a little bit about what Andrew Friedman can do to improve this bench. Is it a signing? As we saw today, uh, Fran Mil Reyes got the, the heave ho. He was DFA'd. So I saw somebody on Twitter ask us like, Hey, does, um, is this somebody the Dodgers should go after? forgot who asked so apologies or is there a trade angle and of course if you guys didn't see uh we had a, dropped a great interview over the weekend uh, with espn's buster olney so do subscribe youtube.com uh, slash wait do youtube.com slash dodge nation tv hit the bell leave a like leave a comment do all those things it really helps us out but buster doesn't think it's going to be a very active trade deadline so do you need to do what andrew loves to do and find these scrap heat pieces in the season and and uh Give me your thoughts on all those words I said. No, yeah, I think what they're going to do first is they're going to evaluate talent. And that's what he said after Gavin Lux went down is the first two weeks. What did Andrew Friedman say? He said, we are in the evaluation process. We're looking around yep. the league, seeing if there's some options, seeing if there are some names that make sense. And then, look, if it gets towards the deadline and a name like a G Joey Gallo or someone like that that has upside that has been good in the past that maybe you think you can fix, maybe you consider bringing a guy like that. But I think the better thing to do, the better option to do is if you don't think that Miguel Rojas can be productive if you not if you are not high on the idea of having Mookie Betts play shortstop is you trade for a shortstop potentially and then you send guys to the bench and you try to do it that way you try to add quality in reverse I think that really makes a lot of sense because the reality is most Dodger prospects are valuable not only to this organization but to teams around the league and if you're going to part ways for a prospect even if it is for a bench piece or someone like that I've seen people throw out names like Glaber Torres and Glaber Torres a right-handed bat he makes sense in some different ways, but still, I think this yeah. team, they are not going to make a move unless it's for someone that is an absolute star that they could get at a steel price that has years of arbitration, that is under contract, because we know that the goal heading into the season was to cut salary, not yeah. add salary, because of the golden goose that's available, and I'm not going to mention him, because I'm going to challenge myself not to mention him, and that's why I think... <laughs> 
look, the Brewers. It's the no hay challenge. This is where the is <laughs> the no hay challenge. Yeah. Okay. So the Brewers, they've lost six in a row, right? They're starting to slide a little bit. Willie, still, they're still atop the wild card. They're though. still atop the wild card, but six in a row. I mean, hey, you lose nine in a row and you win this series and you really step on their throat this series. If you're the Dodgers, you really <laughs> so add to that. You're playing right now. The Dodgers aren't even playing uh, for their record, but they're playing to crush them to get Willie Adamas. It's and always Corbin about that. I'm saying that's my mindset is how can I defeat the Brewers? How can I defeat the White Sox yeah, and yeah. try to increase that? Because the reality is Willie Adamas makes more sense than Tim Anderson. Because Willie Adamas, he's on a completely expiring contract, whereas Tim Anderson, he has that $14 million club option next year. So Willie Adamas makes the most sense, actually having a better year defensively. I think he provides pop. So I still, if you're not going to move Mookie Betts to shortstop, and Miguel Rojas, who's literally 70% below league average offensively. So look, he's literally 76% below league average offensively. That isn't going to cut it. Jason Hayward, he's turned things around to an extent. If he's going to be a piece for the whole year, you'll see him in the outfield. I love what you said earlier about Chris Taylor having him go back to the outfield primarily and then play some shortstop, and then he can fill in the infield when's needed. But I still think if you can get a shortstop on a on a one-year deal, I think that solves a lot, and mm-hmm. I think that is the route that I'm going to go. But there's going to be names that will emerge, but will the Dodgers kind of go that route? I think it's possible. I think they're going to look for a veteran. One name that I was – talking about a few weeks ago on my show was Andrew McCutcheon because Andrew McCutcheon, he's on a $5 million expiring contract. Yes, the Pirates have been the surprise team to start things in the National League, but there could be this narrative where, hey, let's let a guy go and chase a World Series for one more time. He's already came back here and did the whole hurrah, the whole farewell in in Pittsburgh. Didn't he get like his 3,000th hit or something? He got some sort of record going back home uh, to Milwaukee. That was fun and all that. uh, Yeah, Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, yeah, Ma- yeah, makes sense to. I thought maybe he lived in Milwaukee, but he was he played <laughs> no, in Pittsburgh. No, 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 no. Pittsburgh. That's what I was like. I was like, I mean, bro, to, he's from to Milwaukee. To be fair, don't that's don't. What's up. Uh, that's don't exactly aren't what aren't those teams basically the same team though? It's just one has been to the playoffs more in recently recent memory. They're they pretty mo- close. Mo- they got more lucky. And everyone says the PNC is the Shout best out. best park ever, but yeah, I mean, if you look at this year alone. McCutcheon, a 976 OPS for his lefties. I really would love the idea of that. But the reality in all of this is what Buster told us is you're not going to see these big names available. So you're going to have to look at the margins. And even on those pieces, because there's the competition with the expanded postseason, you are going to have to play expensive prices Mm -hmm. just to try to get those pieces so you are going to have to overpay so if you're going to do that one you better feel really good about your chances of winning the world series you better think that this is a team that you want to go all in with and if that's the case i do think they need to add another bat they can hit against lefties yeah i like the mccutcheon idea and the idea of of kutch replacing essentially we'd be replacing trace thompson so you just have a a less good feeling uh right-handed batter out there um, but also at this point he's kind of more DH, DH yeah. uh, that does that does play a bit of a factor because you did sign a dude to a decent enough deal to be your DH, provide assuming he's going to be healthy for the most of the year. But I like I like Kutch and I do uh, I know you have something to second, but I wanted to to, to button this up um, and then we'll get into the week ahead uh, depending on whatever you have. But um, you mentioned. With Trace, you're talking about the clubhouse chemistry. You start pulling out a number of pieces. You wonder what that does do to an organization. It's like, 
yeah, we could we could hyperanalyze and look at, at at all of the issues on the fringes, um, but it's still a team that's winning right now, and they're yeah, they're they're winning true. at a pretty high clip. So it's like, do do you do you dump Trace for the, for the sake of getting better in the long run, but at the risk of damaging what they have going right now? And he's not the most vocal dude, but he is a, a, an important part of that clubhouse. Yeah, I think you don't want to pull the plug too early, but I think if you're the Dodgers, you think of it as can he turn things around and i think for his teammates as much as you respect him you really want to see a guy that you love a guy that you love being around go up there and strike out two yeah. or three times a game do you want to see his career go that route and also too to your point he definitely is respecting that clubhouse but it's not like he's a jason hayward in my opinion who's not only a good player but also a vocal leader who's holding guys accountable mm -hmm. keeping guys in check i think for me it's more hey we all respect this guy we know his story making it back to the bigs him having success but yeah i think you definitely have to have some perspective in saying hey it's not like this team is a last place team right it's not like this team has gone off to a slow start i mean yes they did get off to a slow start but they picked things up so clearly they have enough talent to win games right now as evidenced by the week they just had but still they realize too big picture you do need a bat that you can rely upon coming off the bench you do need a guy that can be more consistent against lefties and the reality is they banked on the fact that trace was going to hit lefties and if you can't do that the organization can point to this hey trace we gave you an opportunity we need a guy to fill this role on this team so i do think the dodgers will be without a trace sooner than later there you have it. DJ producer Cody. I like it. I mean, how am I it, supposed to follow up with that? It, it, uh, sometimes yeah. you gotta, you gotta go on after Elton John. I don't know. I had literally nothing. <laughs> Anyways, we have a super chat. Let's go. <laughs> Doom Sal $10 said, what is the missing link? Is the coaching staff not doing a good job or is it the hitters not listening to them? Mm. Not, this isn't a coaching staff thing. Cause again, what, how uh some guys are doing well other guys are not uh i think it's it's a limit to me it's a limitation uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go specifically with trace thompson because apparently this is the trace thompson power hour um uh, to me it's a limitation of his swing uh, well i mean i would honestly like to see him get some and and right now it's a little, little mental for a lot of mental for him as well it's this constant failure 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 you're gonna get in you get into your own head. So I'd like to see him honestly rattle off three starts in a row versus right-handed pitching. He's he's going to produce. That's yeah. what he does. His swing is is better suited to a right-handed pitcher throwing away or he's still going to be able to to stay in and possibly jam shot something in to left field or or fist something out to right as I look deeply into the camera as I say <laughs> the word fist, but um the the ball bruh. the bruh, the pitch coming in from a left-handed uh, pitcher just goes right towards his his back shoulder and it's gonna he's gonna get beat he's gonna get beat yeah, I mean, if you look at his load, if you look at the way he uses his hands, he doesn't have the kind of swing they can catch, they can catch up on balls up and in and balls on the inner half of the plate. And look, we can get very complex about this, or we can keep it very simple. Look, the reality is that little white pill that's coming towards him, he can't take that wooden stick and get it to that pill and hit for contact and then get to baseball first for, base. Baseball for uh, T-ballers. That is the problem right now. And until he can do that with more regularity and consistency, he's not going to have a chance. And that's why, guys, 
hitting major league pitching, there is nothing more difficult in the world of sports. It is the hardest thing. And you wouldn't talk about, oh, basketball, this guy's missing shots, this guy can't dunk, this guy's defense is bad. Why is he on the team? You can easily point to those things. It's the reality in baseball, just not being productive. But I definitely think they should fill this spot, and I think they should definitely explore some options. Well, to the question, though, so uh, Doom Sal asked, is, it, is there a missing link? Oh, is, is it, it something link? about coaching? <laughs> is there anything that a, a different voice... You would help him is the absence of Brent, Brent Brown, who signed, who, who who took a job with Mil uh, Milwaukee with the Miami Marlins this offseason. Is that different for him? Look, I mean, you can't change the stripes on a tiger, right? You can't Meow. change things, right? And look, Jason Hayward, to his credit, he has quick twitch in his swing. He has the ability to make some adjustments more than a Trace Thompson, where it is such a long swing that even if you wanted to make those key adjustments, then what? Then you're sapping of his power, possibly. Then you're taking away what he can yeah. do well. So it's Balancing really the push scales. and pull. I think the kind of the pendulum has kind of swung to, well, what's the last ditch effort here? So is it on the coaches? I would say no, because the reality of all this stuff is all these hitters, they have their own agenda. They know what they're doing. They know their limitations. They know their struggle areas better than anyone. But I do think think that I am a little surprised that his swing essentially has looked the same the entire year. You haven't seen very many adjustments. I mean, look at James Altman. He goes through that little mini slump. They kind of widen his stance a little bit, and he's able to have some more success. So I don't know if it's Cody Bellinger-itis or something like that <laughs> where you're not seeing any key adjustments, but I think that his swing is what it is, and he's just not seeing cement mixing breaking balls out over the plate that he's crushing like it's BP, right? I mean... Guys, I mean, this is the most advanced scouting. This is the most advanced this game has ever been. And they're going to attack your problem areas. And he just hasn't made that adjustment. I do definitely want to see what he would look like if he did shorten that swing a little bit and just try to get his bat on the ball. But so far, he's not really getting the at-bats to really make that happen. I'm sure he has a hell of a golf swing. <laughs> yeah, he'll be fine. 350-yard drives there. Yeah. Uh, but appreciate the... Uh the Super Chat, Doom Sal. Let's move on, guys. Let's go ahead and uh, get into the week ahead and then get the hell out of here because the game is coming up in about 35 minutes. This is the week ahead. This is brought to you by the Dodgers Nation app. Talking about it all season already. You guys should have it on your phone. It's the number one Dodgers app that you can get on your cellular device. It's free. There's, there's details in there. There's game recaps and there's news and there's Doug and there's podcasts, and there's a link to Gear Up LA. Imagine that. So download Dodger Nation app. Just search Dodgers on any of your app stores, and you're going to find it, and you're going to download it, and you're going to be happy. Um, let's do some predictions. Let's look ahead at, at three with the Brewers, of course, later in the week, uh, three with the Padres. Do we remember how we did? I, I, I We talked about it before the show. I don't remember what the predictions are, and you guys are usually better at that, so let's throw the comments back up, Cody. Um, I don't I don't remember what we said. I know I said 2-1 um, and one in, uh, against San Diego, so I, I'm pretty sure I, I, I want to say I said 5-1 and one during the week, but I don't remember. So if you guys remember, help us out in the comments. Um, but you have Gonsolin Peralta tonight, Freddie Peralta, a guy they faced a few times. He's pitched well enough against L.A. Noah Syndergaard making his first start in a week and a half or so, going against the evil Eric Lauer. Two left-handed starting pitchers the Dodgers will be facing in the series, by the way. Kershaw goes 
Wednesday versus Wade Miley. So uh, predictions, uh, let's, let's pocket the predictions. What do we hope to see from this series? It's a great opportunity against left-handed pitching, in my opinion. Yeah, I was just going to say, I want to see this team have success against Lauer. I want to see them have success against Miley. Two lefties on the mound, so definitely want to see that. Also, I want to see Noah Syndergaard have a nice start. Not, I'm not looking for a perfect game. I'm not looking for a no-hitter. Go all in. I mean, it'd be great, but I also think it's... Look, hope you have to push. Optimism leads to delusion, right? I think we got to take baby steps with Cindergard. And after reading that piece in the LA Times where he talks about having that mental block and he's unable to really go at max effort, he still thinks he has the high velocity in him. Well, the adjustment in his last start was throwing more of that curveball. So if you work that curveball in and you get that differential in there, maybe you can keep hitters on balance and continue to pound the zone. So with eight days off, eight days rest for Noah Cindergard. I want to see him have a have a nice start because that is definitely something that is going to really paint the picture of this rotation moving forward because we talked about Trace Thompson this show. We might be spending a good amount of time on Cindergard on the same topic if he has another rocky outing. So I want to see that. Also, Tony Gonsolin, who's pitched very well against the Brewers throughout his career, very small sample size. But I think not a lot of people are talking about, hey, we just got an all-star pitcher back, right? We just got a guy who had a breakout season last year. I don't yes. think it's getting enough pub. If he goes out there, has a really solid start, you're going to start to feel excited about Tony Gonson again. If you do that, you have four starters you're feeling really good about in this rotation in Julio Kershaw, Dustin May, and Tony Gonson. So those are the big things for me, the three big things. I want to see a good start from Syndergaard. I want to see a good start from Tony Gonson. I want to see us hit lefties. Also, I want to see Freddie Freeman, a little bonus one. I want to see Freddie Freeman Get back to hitting in the clutch. Yes. Runners in scoring position. Saw that on your Twitter. Last year, he was tops in all of Major League Baseball. A 391 average this year. He's like 140th in the league. So we know it's in there, Freddie. So I want to see some clutch base hits, some base knocks from Freddie Franchise. Great one here from Cobra Commander. Says, I want to see Syndergaard and Gratterall wrestle. <laughs> that would be fun. I want to see Clint go down the slide in Milwaukee. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I was gonna go that route because we didn't. I didn't really prepare for this segment, but I, I'm gonna steal. And I was before you even brought it up. Uh, so it's not really stealing because I thought of it before you said it. Tony Gonsolin. I think this is a very important start. We got to see him get out of the fourth, get out of the fifth inning. I, you got to see him pitch into the sixth inning by this point. Um, you know, he should uh, the the kid gloves should be off by this. Uh, uh, it, now making his fourth start of the year, he's got to be built up to somewhere in the ninety. 95 pitch range he's got to uh get six innings allow a run allow two runs whatever it is i just want to see length out of the Catman uh tonight in milwaukee win one game against the left-handed pitching like like just absolutely tank eric lauer who this team has struggled against over the years different looking team still there's just something about eric lauer and the los angeles dodgers where it does not work beat him or beat Wade Miley, just beat somebody, beat him real good, as long as they throw with their left uh, their left arm. And uh, what's a good third one? I don't have a good third one. I, mean, I know we're doing three. What are you going to fix? Why don't you fix someone? A good time well, fix for the somebody. Clint that's a, good, that's a good call. Let's continue the Mookie Betts run. I think okay. he's going to have a big, yep. uh, a big series in Milwaukee. Dodgers usually hit very well in Milwaukee. I mean... We saw Gavin Lux get fixed for a, 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 a bit there last year. Some home cooking for Luxie. Fun fact, he's from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Did you know the kid from Kenosha is from Wisconsin? Gavin Lux. Wisconsin? 
Rhymes with mansion. Or, or they should go out and sign Sean Green and see what he can do at like age 54 or whatever the hell he is. Drop, drop some, uh, drop another five hit four homer night there at uh, the old Miller Park. And that's another thing I want to see it called old, uh, Miller Park again because why not? It always be it's Miller Park a, to it's me. A, it's not a thing. I'm pretty sure it's Miller Park to just about everybody. But uh, yeah, those are the, the green happened in uh, May 23rd. It happened in May. Yeah. So that's 23rd, pretty cool. 2002. What a day. What a time. What a time. But yeah, I, I love that. I love the fixing Mookie is continuing to build on what happened because he was actually 0 for 11 before that home run. He opened the season or he opened the month really good. Then he then he did that thing where he just kind of like, eh, all right, I had a couple hits. I'm going to forget how to hit. <laughs> and then he then I want an explosion. I want a big Mookie month, a big Mookie magic month in May. But yeah, Tony Gonson, the big key. I want to see Two walks or less. Two walks or less. I mean, let's go no walks, ideally, for Tony Gonsolin. He talked about it after his last start. It's always about commanding the baseball for him, pounding the zone with strikes. And I'm really itching to see him start up in Milwaukee, really get this season going for him. Because like I said, this is a guy that's coming off a career year last year, has a lot of money to be made this year, can make as much as $3 million if he makes 24, 26 starts. So let's see him have a good start and let's keep it rolling in Milwaukee. So yeah, I'm going. You want to start my prediction for the week? I was going to say, give me that prediction. Do you want to do the whole, let's do the whole week because why not? Even though we're really bad at remembering the entire week. So we, we got to get like a dry erase board or something. Uh, uh, listen, man, it, it's, it's tied up. Okay, you're right. Oh, we, got, wow. we have the official wow. predictor. Let's go. DJ, producer, Cody, what do you got? So we're doing the full week. Six games. They're off on Thursday. Thank God. I'll take five and one this week. Five and five one. Five and one. I'm going to need two out of three. The two lefties in Milwaukee definitely scare me. As you point out, Lowers had his way with this team. But also, too, that flight getaway day, late ESPN, ESPN game in San Diego to Milwaukee. It could be a point. scheduling loss. Hopefully, the scheduling loss maybe leads to one. So give me five and one for the week. For your boys in blue, your Los Angeles Dodgers. Fortitude. We're going four and two in this, Damn, uh, this right. week. They're going to lose one game in each series, and I hope it's only that because, like, deep down in the subcockle region, I feel like they're going to lose the series to the Padres. But I'm not going to put that bad juju out there. So four and two, your Dodgers go. They're going to lose. Uh, uh, they're going to win two games and win one game in each series. And that's the way the ball bounces. Cody, what's your prediction, bud? I was thinking the same thing as you, Clint. I was oh. going to go four and two. They're going to drop a game from each, Synergy. each series. They're going to drop a game. Corporate bondage. Let's go. I think they go ten and zero this week. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Carrillo's got a four and two. Mark Rocha's got a four and two. So we got a couple of smart people in here. Ghost Cat sixty nine, great name. He's got a five and one again. Also a good uh, a good angle. Doom South says Dodgers sweep Milwaukee. BC is cheating here with a four and two or a three and three. Really hope it's not three and three. That would be um, that would be. Uh, Tough to uh, financially recover from. Rebecca says five and one. Deborah Young says two and one for each series. We got a four and two there. Osterberg, the king of YouTube, four and two. <laughs> Boomer Assassin, four and two. Um, Joe Mama says five and one. Five and one. Hey, we got some Joe five Mama. and ones in there. I feel like you're gonna be right with the five and one. I was so waiting for you, by the way. I mean, for the four and two, you're gonna be <laughs> wow. You're gonna be absolutely right. I was so waiting for so you to right. say Trey's Thompson on the Clint Kiers that the Clint Cure. On that, if he started against the right-handers, yeah, sure. I, I, I honestly, I, I can't hit for, for ish right now, but I agree that I could probably have a, I could put together a more competitive bat against left-hander than, uh, than I mean, it's an absolute lie. This guy's a professional athlete, and I am not, not. not. <laughs> 
Uh, let's let's hope we're right. DKM says six and zero just to make myself better. Yo, uh, and Clayton pill. Lockhart. Uh, yeah, we got the white pill. Our one white pill in here so far. Clayton Lockhart says five and one. So let's hope we are all right, gang. Let's hope that we can uh, nail uh, all of our predictions, even though all of us literally cannot. So that's about it. Find us on the internet, DodgersNation.com. Another great show, Doug. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. The pod god. For letting me on your show. <laughs> letting me on your show. Subscribe to Blue Heaven. Uh, or all of oh, Dodgers god. Nation uh, audio content. We are on podcasts. You can, you can leave it up there. It's the same idea. You know, so do all that. We're on all the podcast media, uh, medium and platforms and whatever they happen to be called. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com. So Dodger Nation TV. Go back and like and comment and subscribe on every video you possibly can because that helps us, I think. Get all the way up the top in them YouTube algorithms. I am real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is DMAC underscore LA on the Twitter, on the Instagram. We are Dodgers Nation on Twitter and Instagram and on the Tic Tacs. Thank you for all your questions, your comments. Thank you guys for the super chats. As always, that really, really does mean a lot to us. Thank you for hanging with us, and we will see you on Friday. Oh, he's not here, so I can't. I was going to give him a. Watch a later. I was going to give Hey, hey, hey. Noel, this is for you. Bye. <laughs>